Hello friends, I'm your host Chris Thrill, I'm a former Royal Marines Commando, I've adventured for better and sometimes worse across 80 countries on all 7 continents. Welcome to the Bought the T-Shirt Podcast. Joe, how are you brother? I'm well, thanks. How are you doing Chris? Uh, absolutely super. Um to make your acquaintance podcast has changed a lot I, I used to do a lot of military stuff okay then i became more uh aware of myself and aware of life you know fighting the spiritual battle and then realizing how important it is to you know understand these values and to live by them and by changing your energy vibration and frequency you're creating this not just a paradise for yourself but a better world for the kids and it's that's all i care about you know i'm like yourself i've seen a lot of the world i've, I've lived all my dreams that's the only thing you can really do. Honestly, yeah. that's the only thing that has any impact. You can't change the world. You can only change yourself. I think in the post-Vietnam era and during Vietnam, as, as you well know, you know, people wanted peace. The mm -hmm. people protested in Washington in their hundreds of thousands, I'm guessing. And, and they turned the tide. And of course, the psychopaths went, well, we can't have that. We need to change mm -hmm. that back again because we've got our new world order. And it mm -hmm. ain't going to work if, unless we get young, dare I say... <laughs> naive young men like i was back in 1988 when i joined up um to fight our you know our let's just call them illuminati wars what i'm trying to say is 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 when i do do the odd military podcast it's so brilliant to connect with someone that's awake and that gets it yeah well what you're mentioning just made me think i mean these people that are running all this and they're controlling all this these groups and we can get into who they are if you want or we can just you know, we'll talk about the results and, and what we're fighting, the spiritual battle we're fighting right now. But they're very spiritually aware people. Um, they they have access and understanding of spiritual truths and um, comprehend the way the energy works and the, the way it can be manipulated and the way that we are programmed. Um, and part of what they're doing is keeping that knowledge away from us so we can't ascend into our full potential as human beings um, as spiritual creatures in this human experience, that's part of it um, is so that we can keep us down. And then also it's 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 all about the the global warming and the the fossil fuels and all that. all these resources they want for themselves. We are the we are the cattle. We are just fit to be depopulated and and to eat bugs and um, you know live in the smart cities and the fifteen minute cities and uh, and serve serve them. and then this whole, well, the really since, these people have been around, which goes back well before any of us would ever guess that it goes back to this goal has has been the end goal, the end game the entire time. And we're now in the end game. It's a very exciting time to be around, but it's also um, it's very difficult to wake up. It's very cost. It's very painful to wake up. My God, this is already like the best podcast I've done and I've done hundreds <laughs> <laughs> this is this is where the youngsters get to see what is what what are real real heroes are folks you know the people that stand up for the kids not the ones that just blindly go off to you know cr create more death and destruction in these these illegal conflicts um joe you well, said the masculine journey wouldn't you think i mean it's kind of joseph campbell it's a hero's journey it's that the Jungian archetypes but you and i as men and as masculine men as men that are rising to what it is that men need to be in society part of what we have to do is we have to we're not we fail unless we pierce the veil unless we go inside heal that father wound or that mother wound or whatever it is and then start putting things right we're all born programmed and fucked up in a certain way and part of our journey is to first go inside and heal those father wounds and those issues that we all have from family and then begin to set ourselves straight that journey. And then we begin to pierce the veil and see in truth and actuality and stand up for the kids and stand up for our families and for our society and speak truth. And it's, it's the hero's journey. It's a shame that not everyone comes this far on the journey though, do they? And there's still a lot of veterans and this is no, not an issue because they're on their journey and we're on ours um and we can't change that but um i think certainly uh let's not use any buzzwords here because we just get flagged by the powers that be but you know the last three years i think everyone knows what we're talking about oh my god come on veterans where were you 
you know, are you that indoctrinated and brainwashed into God save yep. the king or, you know, God bless her, that, that you couldn't see what was happening? It was upsetting to see so many people that, that I used to work with that would have been called warriors wandering around wearing silly things that was just embarrassing with no clue whatsoever about, you know, the, the way of the world. And, um, and we always used to say the military was our school. You know, th- this is where we grew up. It's yeah. You grew up into like an eight year old. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Joe. I just don't get often get the chance to have this kind of discussion. And hopefully some people watching will be, like putting the two and two together and coming up with the four. That's what has to happen with people hoping. It's usually one thing that happens. And they're like, wait a minute, this is not what they've been telling me. If this is not what they've been telling me, what else are they lying about? And then they start going down the rabbit hole. And then they, they, for instance, watch one of Trump's speeches. and like, wow, he, that's not what the news said. He said, and that's not what, that's not what actually happened. And then they start waking up and they start seeing these things and these manipulations i have have you seen a um a movie called out of shadows yes it was a while back wasn't it yeah it was probably four years ago or so um it was uh on pedophilia and satanism in hollywood mm. well the guy who did that that movie mike smith a very close friend of mine he and i worked together um on in some projects in hollywood and such and we've just been great friends for 20 years or so and when he did that um I was one of the first people to see it. it was it was a it was a huge deal. He sacrificed his Hollywood career. He had an amazing career as a stuntman, a second unit director. He was working more than he ever wanted to work and just raking in the dough. And then it just got to the point where, where he's like, I have to spread the knowledge that I I, I have to say this. I, I can't, like you say, what does it profit a man to uh, gain the whole world and lose his own soul? He's like, My soul is more important. I need I need to speak truth. So he did the movie. Um, of course, it was the end of his Hollywood career. Um, and uh he just finished his follow-up to that. Um that's going to uh, premiere on August 4th and it's called into the light. And the entire movie is on the programming that we experience as human beings. It doesn't matter if you're left, right, center, um, you know, British, American, um, Ukrainian, Russian, it, it doesn't matter. We have all been anyone who has been a part of 20th or 21st century society. We have been programmed from birth and we don't even understand it. And he goes into, um, some of the interesting things, um, you know, Edward Bernays, Tavistock Institute, and some of the the dark shadow players that are the ones that execute these visions, the ones that, um, you know, Goebbels uh, drew all of his, learned everything from. He goes into how we are all being programmed and manipulated into a narrative, and they control all sides of those narratives. And it's fascinating. I, I highly encourage everyone to watch it no matter what your perspective is into the light will wake you up to how programmable and hackable we are as humans and how we can break free of that and, and begin to live a genuine life. So Joe, have you found out like, I see, I consider myself an enlightened person now and I look at the dimensions. Uh, so you've got your third dimension, the people that live in this, it's just their body and their ego and they're all, we're all so self-important and, you know, they don't, they're not even awake. And then you get your fourth dimension. They're your awake people. They're the ones that go, hang on, this narrative, it's just not ringing true. And these statistics, you know, and they realize, but the problem with fourth dimension is you're not enlightened yet. So you dip back into the third dimension to make sense. And you say, well, if we could, you know, just get this president back or, Boris Johnson or, 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 you know, if we can get the Navy SEALs to get, and it's all about physical anger. Friends, if you're wondering at home, how do you know if your fifth dimension light is, you don't do any of that stuff. You know, the journey starts from within and you know, it's about love. So even as much as you may hate these birds, chasing and slagging them off and trying to get the SEALs to go after them or the Marines, you know, that keeps you in third dimension. It keeps you locked in this lower dimensional, angry ego self. And your point, Joe, they've been doing this for thousands. They, this goes back to ancient Babylon, doesn't it? Yeah, Sumeria. Yep. Yeah, Sumeria. Yeah, and the uh, and the journey out of of, of, of Sumeria. And yeah. they well know if they can keep human beings dumbed down, 
arguing over like what's on television tomorrow night, you're never going to put your head above the parapet and see there's a beautiful world out there and, and raise your vibration and tweak your diet. So your, your body's a more pure crystal. So you pick up the energy, you know, you physically feel it. You go out of the house and you're happy and you're exactly. not you calcify that pineal. Yeah. You're not the road rage guy. You're not the guy that, you know, I can't even get people. Joe, this is a great example. Yeah, I love to go running in the morning. I, I jog, you know, it's it's what I like to do. Um, it used to be a time when a fellow runner come by, come, come past you, you'd say hi because you had that connection. It was like, hey, we're both doing the same thing. With the, with the women, they was always a bit more hesitant because, of course, they're more self-conscious because society's damaged them more. What do I look like? You know, do I look... Uh, and, and, and now... The matrix programming is so trauma inducing. You can't even get a bloke to go, all right, mate, that they literally look away from you um, or they pretend to be on their phone. Their spiritual battle is just being lost because they don't mm. realize you're a manifestation of the universe. Hold your head mm. up. <laughs> it's great. Exactly. And exactly. You are. You are the very consciousness of God itself. You are the very fabric of the universe. And once you, the, the interesting thing about that is one of the things that keeps people from realizing their true God nature is, um, you know, a false humility, which is, you know, I'm not, God, I'm not that, I'm not that, I'm not better than anyone else. But when you, the, the thing you miss is when you truly realize what you are, everybody else is that as well. And so are the dogs and so are the chickens and so are the cows and so are the birds. Yes, exactly. I just did a bit of life coaching with a guy and, and I literally just said that. I said, we got to get you to a place when we, when, when you wake up in the morning, you are like morning legend because you're the biggest <laughs> yeah. massive legend that has ever walked this planet because you are you. And he looked at me and went, really? <laughs> I said, come on, <laughs> you know, come on. Why not? Why not? You know? Understanding that, it, and I found personally, and a lot of my my brothers have found a enlightenment experience um, and a unity experience, and and that source experience that will change your perspective for the rest of this corporeal existence. They're, they've been doing a lot of psychedelics with vets for healing, more combat oriented seals and green berets, and 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 um, special operations type forces. I personally had an experience um, taking uh, Bagain and then 5-MeO-DMT. I mean, I died. It changed everything. Everything. Joe, yes, I I, I agree. I, I think I resolved a lot of my trauma, can we say, by uh, experimenting over the years. Um, wasn't always pleasant. Um, had some had a very bad experience when my, when my, when my best friend drowned, um, mm. which is just, you know, Hey, ho, Hey, we knew what we was getting into. You know, we both, we, 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 we both grown ups, but um, I recently did a ceremony folks. When I say ceremony, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? To be honest, for me, it, it, it's like literally going into a nightmare. I, I mm. just had these demons coming at, I, Every time I shut my eyes, these demon tentacles, and then it just went into blood dripping from visions that I just didn't, I kept open my eyes because I don't want to, you know, it was like my, they was bringing my family into it and stuff. And I was still able to discern, if that's the right word, three areas of my life through this that I need to work on. It's just amazing how it did that. And I yes. went away and I was immediately felt so much more empowered and stronger to go, right. It's that, that, and that, right. Which is, which yeah. are, which are holding you back and you know it now. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to say. I mean, I, I, I got invited away by two, two uh, people that I've met through my channel. And the immediate thing there is they're both fifth dimension people. So mm. it's, it was literally like when you meet your military buddies and you don't need to say hello, you don't need background info. You just 
Yeah. On a beer, Connection. yeah, beer, boom, and next thing you're just having a great time. You know, no matter what service they're in, you you've just got that. No, you know, no matter what country. And these guys, it was the same. It's my first time in my life, Joel. I'd been away with enlightened people, mm. and I knew they didn't judge me. And I also knew they knew the trauma that I'd been through in my life because. We'd all been through it. In fact, one, 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 of, one of the three of us had just been through some awful, awful, awfully deep, dark stuff. Um, and so this ceremony, I was a bit hesitant. I just thought, am I going to get anything? It's going to be another bad one, isn't it? But all right, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it anyway, because I can never say no. I don't know how other servicemen who've got like much darker stuff to deal with would get on doing that. I, I'd worry a bit there, but you, 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 you seem like you've got more experience than me. Well, I, I may, I, I had, I've, my first real ceremony was this one um, down in Mexico that um, several veterans that, that have been catering kind of to the seal community with these ceremonies um, I, I got involved with. And I, the, the interesting thing is I, I did the preparation. They sent me a, they were really a great, a great group. They sent me a workbook where you go through and set your intentions and mantras and really, um, you know, do some, some, a lot of preparatory work. So when I got down there and the ceremony began and it was four Navy SEALs and one, um, Ranger. And so it was a lot of guys are just not going to talk and, you know, really, really close lipped and, and tight lipped on doing something like this with other guys like that, you know, no one wants to cry. No one wants to open it. You know how it, you know how it is. So, but we, we did the ceremony and uh, it was an, it was actually an overnight ceremony with this particular, this particular ceremony. And um, it's, it's referred to as the nuclear option. This ceremony is not for everybody because it's very, very powerful. And it was, it was a nightmare for me. I went into a nightmare in 4k. It was, like machine demons and tentacles and, and all that stuff and things coming at me. And it was so dark, but at the same time I stayed in it. I kept my eyes closed and I stayed in it because I just trusted the process and I trusted me because I know that the ceremonies are just the key that unlocks the door to, to your deeper self. So there's nothing to be afraid of. And the interesting thing about these ceremonies that I've found is that it's, it's never what you expect it's rarely what you want, but it is always without question exactly what you need, mm. um, whether it's dark, whether it's light, whether it's profound or whether it seems shallow. It's exactly what you need at that point in time to lead you into the next or the next experience or, or the next thing that you need to deal with, uh, the, you know, the things that it brings to mind, like you were mentioning. But I had this incredibly dark, brutal experience that was a nightmare in 4K. I was dry heaving and dry heaving and dry heaving, um, miserable. Um, it lasted about 32 hours, um, misery. But when I was done with it, the, and a lot of crazy things happened during it that we can get into or not. But after it was over, I just felt so clean. I felt like all this baggage and things from my existence, from, you know, buds from Afghanistan, from military, from broken relationships from issues with my dad, my mom and family back to, you know, when I was two years old, stuff that I didn't even stuff that I've been carrying around so much. And so constantly that I only noticed it's that they would ever been there by its absence. You know, once it's gone, I'm like, Oh shit, what have I been carrying around? It was like all this scar tissue and all this weight had been lifted that I didn't know I was carrying. It's like when you're doing a, a, a ruck, you know, operation or something for three days. And when you finally take that ruck off, like I feel like a different person because you've been so used to that hundred pounds you've been carrying around for days and days on end. It was like that only for my entire life. And then we went into the second part of the ceremony and most of us were all like, you know what? We all got what we needed. <laughs> I don't think we need anything more because it was so brutal for all of us, but we, we did it. And as the ceremony began, I felt my body atomized and I was gone and I was in this place of nothing but pure existence. It was just pure consciousness and a infinite potential of power. It was infinite potential and pure consciousness. And I, and this is the most profound thing, Chris, is I realized I just had this dawning realization, like, like comprehensive understanding. I am a 
a ripple, a wavelet on the entire ocean. And how could I have ever thought that I was separate from this entire ocean? Mm. I am. How can the wave be separate from the sea? How can the ripple be not part of the water? The wave is the water. The wave is the ocean. And I just had this whole comprehension. And I just had this resounding voice throughout all of consciousness, just realizing what I am. And as I realized what I am, everything changed. And I was in that place for, they said it was about 45 minutes. I, you know, there is no time. There is no space in that place. Um, and when I came out of it, um, I was sobbing and laughing alternately, not running down my nose. And I just, I was sobbing with the sorrow of what we have lost and laughing with the realization of what we are. And it was so beautiful. And I looked around at all the people that are holding space in the ceremony. I'm like, I get the joke now. I get it. I understand. I felt like my entire life had been, you know, when someone's planned like a surprise party for you and everything's just a little off that day. Everything's just a little weird. Everyone's acting a little strange. And then you walk in the room, boom, surprise. And you're like, oh, I get it. I understand. It all makes sense. That was it. But for my whole life, I felt like everything, my entire existence had been just a little weird, a little off. And now I get it. I understand it. And it was, I, I get the joke. I get the cosmic joke. I'm mm -hmm. not on the outside anymore. And it was, it. I, I will never be the same. I will never be anything even, I'll never be anything close to what I was. One of the big things that stands out from people awakening is when they say, Chris, I can't wake my family. And they, they all think I'm mad. And like, I'm telling them, I'm showing them this. And they're just like, bah, you know, mm -hmm. and it's like, yeah, you got to get up a notch, get up into fifth dimension. Then you realize you ain't the odd one out. You're the everything. And mm -hmm. they're the struggle. They're the ones struggling. And life becomes beautiful. And you don't draw your power or your meaning of life from people around you that, that aren't where you are. You, you draw it from source. So you much just exists. Yeah, it's and it's just a weight off your shoulders knowing that. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, like I wasn't the broken one all my life. I'm, I'm, I'm actually the, the you know the the one that's most healed. It's just incredible. It's so, a beautiful thing, and it's all right there. It's all, it's all right here, right now. And there's no. The interesting thing is that there's no, there's nothing stopping you. There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to be. There's nothing to change. It's all right now. It's just. It's just a different vibratory level. And you have that in you right now. There's nothing stopping you from when the truth comes, it will come when it comes and it will stop it. There's nothing you have to do to assist it along. <laughs> it's the truth. Yes. And we should point out perhaps that, you know, there's an awful lot of work folks you can do without, you know, for example, going to a ceremony. In fact, I would suggest you do that work definitely first yes. what you choose to do then is up to you because i'm not going to recommend any, anyone does anything except follow their their spiritual destiny but you know when i'm life coaching i say come on we it, it's not going to come to you sitting on the couch you can talk to me all you like and all you're doing is paying me money to sit here and listen and i'm more prescriptive i'm a bit more like a drill instructor i just want to tell you what to do all right i'm not the most empathic person or my family tell me because, you know, sometimes you just, you just got to do the things mm -hmm. and simple things, you know, jog around the block in the morning, get some air in your lungs, get you your know, feet on the ground, get the sun in your eyes. Yeah. Hot shower, cold shower, folks. Easy to do. It doesn't even have to be that cold. Just you as know. cold as you can bear, you know, <laughs> Get some vegetables in your diet. In fact, try to mainly eat vegetables. Get your, get your, where is it? Get your body's pH level to what nature wants it to be. So your yeah. crystal, your crystal is firing. Yeah. Get the fluoride out of your mouth. Get the fluoride out of your body in, in everything. Fluoride toothpaste, fluoride in the drinking water. Avoid that like the plague. Turn off the news. Turn off the media. Quit programming that in. Those are the two things I always tell people. Stop watching TV, stop reading the newspapers, and stop drinking fluoride. Yeah, Those two things will do a, a, a large amount. Decalcify that pineal gland and your third eye. You'll begin to perceive. You'll begin to perceive things, perceive truth, instead of just being programmed as a, you know, the, the ridiculous monkeys we all are right now.
exactly. And once you start to do this, folks, then when you shut your eyes and you you meditate, or in the scriptures they call it prayer, but it's the same the same thing. It's it's shutting off the noise because the past is guilt and it doesn't exist, and the future is anxiety and it doesn't exist. It will never exist by definition. Yeah. yeah. So literally, we've got this moment. This is a beautiful moment between Joel and I, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm treasuring it. The roof isn't going to fall on my head, and no one's going to make me pregnant unless um, Joel's got some Navy SEAL badass trick that I don't know about. <laughs> right? It's all good. It's all good. And yet, how how much of our lives have we spent worrying about silly, silly stuff that that's irrelevant? The past doesn't exist. You think yeah. it? You think the past exists? Go and get me an apple from the fruit bowl when you was a kid. You're gonna <laughs> yeah. find it don't exist. So forget no. about it. Move on. Yet yeah. all is forgiven. <laughs> right? Yeah, um, all, all that exists is it's one present moment, and that is all that will ever exist. And every actuality exists right now. So yes, go inside. Meditation. That's my big thing. And and I was a uh, I've been a meditator for for quite a long time. And so I think one of the reasons I had the profound experiences I had in ceremony is that. You can't make any of these things happen, but you can plow the earth. You know, I, I, I can. You can't make the seed grow. You can't make the broccoli grow. Um, but what you can do is you can plow the area that you're planting. You can make sure the soil is good. You can make sure the water is there, and you can create the circumstances that allow that potentiality that is in that seed to reach its full potential. And so. All these these awakening moments, you can't command them. You can't make them happen. That's one of the big things that you learn. But what you you can do is you can prepare the battlefield, mm. you know, and meditative practices and going inside, um, you know, getting rid of fluoride, plugging, unplugging the main, mainstream media, all the things that you're talking about, all of those things. Prepare that so that the actuality, the potentiality um, karmic propensity and the potentialities are all lining up. You can create an environment where that potentiality has a larger chance of blooming. Mm. And that's the best we can do, I think. Yes. Joe, as much as it's important, you know, or the main thing is that this comes from within, we did touch earlier on the, on the controllers. Um, mm. You mentioned Su- Su- Sumaria. Yeah. Or was it Sumer back in the day? Sumer, um, Sumer, and that's where the beginning, at least, well, it's the beginning of any recorded history, and this this group goes all the way back to Sumer. Yeah. Are we talking about the Kazarians, Bernie Chance? Yes, we are. And, yes, sir. And I say this to everyone, you know, when you talk about who's controlling the New World Order, folks, and everyone says, oh, it's the Jews. It's like you think those people are not way cleverer than that, <laughs> right? <laughs> In history, they're called the pretenders or the name stealers because they pretend to be other people's ethnicity, yes. race, religion. Those poor, beautiful Jewish people have just been scapegoated through bloody history. And yep. um, when you see, you know, we've got to be careful what we talk about here, Joe. I'm not going to say a, a certain number, but, you know, when you see people that willingly will bring structures down on three and a half thousand people's heads mm-hmm. uh, and and then claim double off their insurance, you telling me that they're religious people? You telling me that they follow the Old Testament, which is Enlightenment doctrine, hence why Moses had the staff of righteousness, mm-hmm. you know, that he led the Israelites out of Egypt, which in allegory means lower self. To uh-huh. the land of milk and honey, which is serotonin and DMT, hire yourself. It's beautiful, right? Jacob's ladder up to thirty-three, uh, moving that fluid to the pineal gland. That that the Kundalini energy. Yes, it's all of that. Yes, mm. please, please keep going. This is great. I don't want to interrupt you. Yeah, well, I mean, when I look at the architects of of say, you know global events where you know big things go bang, and it's always blamed on this fabled enemy and i think we're all old enough and clever enough now at least some of us are to go well if they're if the media is saying it's that then it's definitely not that right when you look at these architects um and you can see 
individuals that infiltrated the Bush cabinet. You can see them. Mm-hmm. And then you start to see this huge network um, that's infiltrated every position of power the world, the, 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 the globe over. Yes. And I think they love the Jewish thing because if you try and criticize them, they call you anti this or anti that it's a yeah. big slur. So yeah. it's, it's just weird. Exactly. I mean, they're hiding behind it. But if you, if you trace the, trace the Khazars back and as they came out from, um, from Eastern Europe and from Khazaria and moved into Western Europe and stuff. That's when they took the, the pretenders. That's when they took the Jewish thing to protect themselves. And it's worked very well for millennia. Mm. Do you think it's coming out now? Cause I see this conversation more and more online now, you oh, know, yeah. I think it's absolutely coming out. And there's been several this. So we're in, we're in, I'm fully convinced we're in world war three. It is a fifth generational war. It's a war of narratives with no state actors that are, um, that are out there. There's actually a great book by my friend Boone Cutler um, and and um, General Michael Flynn called 5GW, A Citizen's Guide to Fifth Generational Warfare, which is all narrative um, and it's all psyops. And the interesting thing that you start thinking about is that all the things that we've been manipulated into have been psyops, all the history and stuff that we believe psyops to serve these people. But then how do you fight a psyop? You fight a psyop with another psyop. So everything is a psyop right now. Everything is a psychological. We're in World War III. It's a psychological world war and it's a battle for the narrative and more and more people. And and there's been a lot of psyops within this battle or this war that have been waking people up and pointing people in the right direction. Some online personalities pointing people in the right direction to start researching things and looking into things and realizing things. And then some of these people have done some interesting documentaries and some of it's been BS and some of it's had really good nuggets of truth in it. And it's been fantastic because back in the day when I first started kind of really being aware of Bilderberg and the Illuminati and all these groups that are controlling things behind the scenes, the internet wasn't around yet. And so the amount of information you could get was minimal at best it was so easy to control that but now that people can go and research these things and start seeing you know it's like having two or three pieces of the puzzle and maybe you could see that the puzzle had dogs in it maybe you could figure that out from two or three pieces but that's all you could figure out now it's like the whole puzzle is turned face up it's not put together yet but it's all on the table in front of you and you can kind of figure out what's going on just by seeing all those pieces turned up you don't have to put them all together to make the one complete puzzle, but you get an idea of what's happening. And then you can ask other people and other people will tell you what their idea is. And pretty soon, collectively, we have a pretty good idea of the truth. And this is the worst thing that can happen to these, I call them the deep state players that are controlling everything, the ones that have infiltrated everything. And I'm sure you're familiar, a good starting place for people to kind of understand what's going on without going too deep down the rabbit hole is Yuri Bezmanov. You know, watch Yuri Bezmanov's um, interviews back in, uh, I think it was 1980 or 81, where he talked about um, the real Marxists, which are not who you think they are. The real uh, communists are not the communists that you see. They're the ones controlling um, that and, and making things happen. And the way that they have infiltrated and the plan that they have to take down Western society, well, all society, to bring it into a dystopian 1984 New World Order, um, it's becoming very, very clear. So I think people... I hope I didn't go too far down the rabbit hole there, but I think people are starting to wake up and all it takes is, is one thing. Those who would tow the Soviet foreign policy, they would be promoted to the positions of power through media and public opinion manipulation. Those who refuse the Soviet influence in their own country would be character assassinated. You know, all it takes is one thing. The news, all the media, it's all nothing but lies. And so it's very easy to see through. And if you see one, then you start thinking and you start, well, what else are they, going to lie, are they lying to me about? And then you start seeing two and you start seeing three. And pretty soon the puzzle starts coming together. And pretty soon, you gotta, pretty soon you're awake and you understand what's going on. Yeah, it's like they seem to only have one set gameplay, um, which is basically call people anti this or anti that if you question like anything in life. I mean, it's, it's you know, I'm going to question my health, folks. I'm sorry about that, but I love the fact I can run a thousand miles nonstop by sleeping at the side of the road. I love the fact I can do a quadruple Ironman with with uh, eight weeks training. 
right? That's amazing. It's because it's I've learned some secrets in life. The biggest one is how to control that. And I don't take no shit from other people. Right? <laughs> if I had done, I ran the length of the United Kingdom, 999 miles. I had top ultra runners tell me I was crazy. I had Royal Marines commanders go, oh, you, Chris, you know, you need to, you need to read. I was saying, no, my compass is pointing south. See ya. Boom. You know? Beautiful. So I question stuff, folks. That doesn't make me anti nothing, you know, anti this. It makes me like kind of quite smart. Mm -hmm. um, and when you get this group that consistently, but I guess the public, Joe, don't see that this is a select control group. They just think this is generally across the media because they see it across the media. You question this, you're a conspiracy, you're a tinfoil hat. And it's like, guys, when someone consistently throws that at you, no, you, you've got to ask questions, haven't you? Then you've yeah. got to say, well, who owns these media channels? Who controls the Hollywood, the music industry, the blatant satanic, you know, yes. deprivation of our kids? Mm -hmm. Sam Smith for crying out loud. Come on, parents. Time to wake up. But yeah. um, I, I think detecting kids from sexual content. Now, why is that is controversial now? That's blows my mind that we've come so far that we as a society were like, no, that's anti-trans or anti-LGBT2. How do the how does that have anything to do with keeping sexual content away from children? your children, keeping pedophiles away from children. Mm. How is this controversial? But we're in a place now where they have such control over the media and over the narrative that if you want to keep pornography away from children, now you're some sort of Luddite, Philistine, anti-phobic, whatever they want to call you, but they just call you names and try to cancel you. Yeah, I mean, there's another point we can bring up there, Joe. And I, obviously, I can't speak for all trans people or, or or whatever scenario we're talking about. But you're, for the most part, folks, when you understand the spiritual journey, we're talking about people that have unresolved childhood trauma. And they believe by living in their birth certificate identity, this illusionary body, but, you know, because they haven't realized that you're universe first. This is just a meat suit to experience life. And by locking yourself into identity politics, I'm a this this week and oh no, next week I, I'm a this and you've got to respond. What we're talking is unresolved trauma, trying mm -hmm. to trying, trying to resolve the issues of the mind through the body. And from that point alone, it's, quite acceptable not to want these individuals to teach your child you know to be welcome into schools to say hey i mean if we're talking about accepting diversity i don't think people are that bigoted these days like they probably were 50 years ago i think most people accept most things the fact is i'm 53 i think with the exception of thailand because it's quite you know the the what we used to call in the military lady boys is very prevalent over there. Um, with the exception of time, no, I never had any liaisons with lady boys, folks. Mm -hmm. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Good. God, that, that was a great night. Um, but <laughs> um, I lost my train of thought now. Uh, but here's the thing. You know, I'm 53. I think I've met three transgender people in my whole life. I worked with a with a a girl, you know, very lovely. Used to give her a kiss goodbye. No, no, no issue. Don't care. I, I saw one in the bus, one person in the bus stop when I was a kid, and someone went, "That's actually a man." Okay, you're a kid. You don't think much about it. that. Was it? So three times in my life, folk, you got a question. If a 53 year old's only ever met three transgender people. Why is it all over the media 24-7 on every single platform? Why exactly. are they brainwashing the kids into identity politics? You know, what you wear, what you dress like, as opposed to the conversation Joel and I have just had is it's about getting rid of that and transcending it 
get into the higher dimensions where life begins and you deal with that trauma. You know, to get there, you deal with all that trauma. And the that's the only way you have to go inside. And what you're saying is is very perceptive. And you'll only ever understand these things that we're talking about from a higher a higher vibration, from a, from uh, understanding it in in terms of a spiritual battle. And what is the spiritual? What what are the spiritual values here? And what are the spiritual things that are trying to? What are they trying to do in a through through see it through the spiritual lens? I boo boo. But that's the only way you're going to be able to understand it because that's what that's what it is. It is a spiritual battle, and that whole thing is is a big aspect of it. And there's there's a lot of stuff starting to come out um, that are going to blow people's minds, and it's going to be very very difficult for a lot of people. Very difficult. Yes. So, Joe, we, we, you've been very generous to um, spend your podcast talking about other people, and, and that's a, a sign of quality, isn't it? Well, who doesn't want to talk about other people? <laughs> but let's try uh, something. Yeah, let's talk about your um, military career a bit. Um, sure. You know, what, what made you want to join the SEALs? Well, that's a, that's actually a really good question and a pretty good story. So I was um, I was about ten years old, and my dad had a friend who was quite a bit younger than him, but he came over for dinner one time, and you know we had the the Betty Crocker you know dinner dinner party at her house. My mom you know went all out and everything, and and then afterwards they were sitting in the living room uh, having conversation and coffee, and I was just kind of running around being seen and not heard like I was supposed to, and. Uh, this this guy started telling my dad he was in the navy and he went to some navy whale program or something I'd never heard of. Um, I mean, I'm about ten years old and he was telling my dad about how they tied him up, tied his hands behind his back and his feet together and threw him in the deep end of the pool to survive, and how he 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 couldn't it overwhelmed him and he swallowed water and passed out and they had to pull him out of the water and revive him on the side of the pool deck. And I was at this point my eyes were huge and I, my jaw was on the floor. I'm like I was a water baby. I was the kid who was in the pool that they're blowing the whistle out to get out. You know, with the, the mask and snorkel and the fins and the deep end, that was me. So I'm thinking about how how to be tied up in the pool. That's that's crazy, and it's stuck in the lizard stem of my my brain. And and they pulled him out, revived him, and asked him if he wanted to go back in and finish. And he said, "No, I'm done. I quit." And I didn't understand that, but I know I knew now as I grew up that that that's SEAL training. That's BUDS, basic underwater demolition SEAL uh, training. And so here I am. Fast forward to about 21, 22 years old. I'm just floating. I'm drifting. I, I don't have any purpose in life. There's nothing I really want to do. I, I just don't have anything. And then this is key. And this is the one takeaway I would love everyone to, to take away from this is that the universe went. And the way that happened, I understand that now what it is at the time I didn't. And that's part of it. You don't understand what's happening. And that's part of the magic. But it just turned my head off to the left. I saw this big wide boulevard ahead of me, well lit with nice houses and picket fences and kids and dogs and a, and a nice job at the mill where I'd marry my girlfriend and we have some kids and I'd have a Harley and I'd have a, a new truck every couple of years and, and we'd have a, a wonderful life in my hometown. But then the universe took, turned my head and off there to the left is a, it looks like it might be a trail. It's just a break in the brush and it's a dark path off to the left, completely devoid of any light, any signs any direction. And it said, go there. And so for about the next six months, I'm like, where is there? What is that? And I knew that it was something that would test me fully, my, my spirit, my mind, and my body, the, the ultimate test. What was that? Was that, should I go climb Mount Everest? Well, that'd be hard, but I can do that. Should I go down to um, Los Angeles and, and train, you know, start sleeping at the dojo and train with the, the Gracies and learn, you know, early Brazilian jiu-jitsu, or I can do that. Should I go run an ultra marathon or something? I could do that. That'd be that'd be hard too, but I, I can do that. The one thing I didn't think I could do, or I wasn't sure I could do, and the one thing that still scared me the most was being in the water tied up with no one to help me. And I thought and I knew at that point that was that was buds. And so I, I'm like, okay, well, it's not that I want to do that. It's the thing that scares me the most, and this thing I'm not sure I can do. And because it was the greatest fear and the the, the biggest question, I have to do that. I absolutely have to. And so I sold everything I had. I joined the Navy and I went uh, I went to Bud's and became a SEAL. And that was the first time that happened where the universe did that little knock. And as you, what I found is as you get older, if you start doing that, the universe will give you more and more opportunities like that to just take a step off to the left or to the right, off of the path and forge your own path up the mountain. And 
Sure, the view from the, the summit is amazing. But when you're at the summit, what you will realize if you're a conscious individual is that this is not the best day on the summit. The best day is the one in the black where you didn't know where the next footstep was going to take you. And you didn't know if you could if you could take that next step. And through your fucking tears and your sobs, you took that next step in the black and you trusted that there would be something for your foot to land on. And then once you took that next step, you took the next step and trusted that there'd be something for your foot to land on. And you took the next step into the black. And those were the those were the days where you, you forged gold in your heart. And th- that will never go away. And you get addicted to those dark moments where you know that it's the most miserable experience. But after you've done a few of them, you're like, this is where the gold is. This is where it's really happening. This is where I'm going to look back on and realize this is where I found the jewels. So you asked me about Navy SEALs and I go into another spiritual rant. Yeah, but I think it's important. I mean, yes, the whole thing's had a big bearing on on my life, Joe, as you can well tell. But I mean, it's I used to call myself the commander coach when I'm life coaching, you know, and it's because that stuff just sells. And now I'm now I've changed my moniker to the legends coach. (laughs) Beautiful. (laughs) You know, but it's because I, I need to win my spiritual battle and God, there's enough kids that have gone through commando training because they've seen my videos, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's okay. I'd, I'd, I've got, you know, the nature is if you join up folks you might get killed or really hurt that's it that's not my responsibility but um it does it makes me think a lot but sorry to go back oh oh absolutely you know i was homeless and 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 living in a Renault car (laughs) when my friend tapped on the window i was 17 i was homeless for the second time in my life and he said i've just joined the royal marines it was tough. They we had to do this three day course just to get into training, right? And and they made us do this, and they made us do. And then he said, "But you couldn't do it, right?" And <laughs> I turned around to him. I said, "Oh yes, I could, right?" Even though I had no intention uh-huh. at that point of joining the military. But but here's the thing, and I was again, I was just saying this in my life coaching this afternoon. Is we got really drunk. It was New Year's Eve. We were at his place. And at midnight, I thought, right, now's my time. I left the party. I didn't tell anyone. I went out to the road and we lived in a um, place called Dartmoor. So it's, uh, you know, like a bit like the wilderness, you know. And there was a famous rock and it was half a mile from this guy's house. So a mile up there and back was a mile. And I hadn't run since uh, school. So it was two years ago. I was a smoker. You know, I don't think I lacked confidence, but I didn't have an awful lot of it. And I was a failure. My family told me I was a failure. They kicked me out twice. School said I was a failure. I I passed two exams out of 11 or something. And, uh, you know, and I was very unhappy. I don't even know if I had a job then. If I did, it was something mediocre that paid, you know, 50 bucks a week or something. And I, I said, right, Chris, here's the deal. You're going to run around that rock one mile. And if you dare stop, don't you dare go down to the recruiting office after the Christmas holiday and bother them at all. Cause you don't, they don't need your shit, mate, you know? <laughs> and that was it, Joe. And I started to put one foot in front of the other and, and God, within 300 meters, I was hanging out, you know, puffing. And it was the worst experience of my life. And, and, what am I doing? My legs are like jelly. And the voice come in my head. This is the universe talking. And it said, Chris, if you give up now, you're going to be given up for the rest of your life, you know? And, and it was in that moment, that exact moment. I knew it was one of those turning points in life. It was, it was probably my first one where I, I took control or I let the universe take control. I think it's either or, isn't it? And yeah. I, I made it up to that rock and I made it back and, you know, my life changed, you know, that, um, you know, my life changed. So yes, very powerful experiences. I, I wish um, all veterans could get to where we are. 
Obviously, I, I wish everybody could get to where we are. But of course, that identity, that strong sense of identity that they indoctrinate you with in the military, very it it becomes a badge of honor for people, doesn't it? And yeah. and and it becomes hard to leave the identity, the physical self behind and you know, re- reach for something higher. So I, I think your story is exactly um spiritual and yeah that 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 is it did you, joe mm. did you did you join up before or after that uh wonderful documentary series uh about the buds class oh i was before um some of my friends in my second platoon that were new guys were in that class two or two or something like that i think is the um two three two yeah we're in that class um yeah, so I, I was I was before that documentary, and then um, I was uh, they actually made a documentary about my Hell Week. Uh, my Hell Week was was a documentary on the Learning Channel, and back when the Learning Channel was the Learning Channel and not you know Kim Kardashian and and all of that, um, and then uh, Cupcake Boss or whatever it is now, um, and then um, I was a buds instructor for my last couple of years, so that was a very nice full circle moment to kind of um take me out of the operational mindset the 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 existence that you have to have when you're operating you know which is very different than civilian life and bring me back into civilian life and and during my time as a buds instructor it was beautiful for full circle and i also realized that i always tell tell people um who want to talk about post-traumatic stress or anything like that i'm like i felt like you know those big wiring harnesses on cars and stuff they're like 25 wires and they there's a big plastic thing that joins together and there's a little lever that flips and locks them together i felt like all of my wiring harnesses from here down to the rest of my my body were just unhooked there was just unconnected it wasn't like the things were it wasn't like the wires were all scrambled they were just unhooked and i needed to figure out a way to hook all of my connections back up after what they do and who you have to be and what you have to activate to do the jobs that we did. Um, so I started uh, meditation was a big thing for me. So I started, a, I found a Zen temple um, in Santa Monica where the, um, and I'd moved to LA at the time and LA is, is pretty foofy. There's a lot of soul cycles and candles and spirituality. That's this BS. Um, but I found this guy who who was a Zen sensei leading a, a, a having a little temple that was in a strip mall and on his robes, he had, it was a full Zen sensei. So he had all the big robes and elaborate uniform. And on his shoulder, he had an American flag patch, like a military patch. Like we wear that. And he was just a real guy. He wasn't LA bullshit. And so I, I started sitting with him, learned Zen meditation, Zazen, and then um, ended up learning a transcendental meditation through the David Lynch foundation and really liked that style of meditation. And then, and this leads us into the, the fourth and fifth dimension stuff we were talking about earlier. Um, then I, I, I got turned on to uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, um, uh, Dr. Dispenza's meditations. I went to a few retreats with uh, Dispenza retreats and learned that. And one of the things that, that Joe Dispenza talks about a lot, you're probably aware, but this ties into what you're saying and, and for the audience. Um, Joe Dispenza always talks about, look, if you want to be in the third dimension, you can create things. You can get your education. You can go get the job. You can go out and dig the hole. You can dig the foundation. You can chop the trees. You can put them up. You can create in three dimension. That takes a lot of energy and a lot of effort. And it's so much easier to create, you know, in the fifth dimension with energy manipulation and and vibrations and things like that and drawing things to you from the infinite possibilities that exist in the other levels of, of existence that we can tap into. And so he talks about you want to create in the third dimension? You can, and that's okay. But you can also create in the fifth dimension where things are, you can just draw these things to you. Um, I don't want to, we'll get, we'll get a little weird here. but <laughs> Yeah, well, it's not weird to me though. And that's the thing because we talk a different language, you know, and it's as a podcast host, it becomes you know, I got to navigate this, Joel, because a lot of my guests, they're not where we are. And there's no disrespect. I don't want to scare them off coming on the show. I'm, all, I'm always polite and courteous. I think I've lost it a couple of times over the years, but 
Yeah, and uh, to be honest, I've lost it twice, and it was all about the uh, <clears throat> the last three years. Now, you know, I I can't have people on my show saying that it that's all genuine because from a spiritual perspective, you see it completely different, folks. You see it for what it is, you know. Yeah, it's a, can't say any more on that, but I uh, know it's beautiful, brother. It, it it's um it's it's currency isn't it you know it's like it's just great to be able to chat and um it is and the, the good thing is is that like calls out to like and iron sharpens iron and we're all drawing and the, the beautiful thing about what's happening right now in the world i think is that people are awakened and you can look at it however you want to look at it whether we're the, the first wave of light workers or the third wave of light worker however you want to look at it whatever you however you want to frame the people that are waking up and they're standing up against this and being warriors in this, this fifth generational battle of narratives that's going on right now for really the existence of humanity. Um, however you want to frame that we're being drawn together. Um, like this random connection right here, doing this podcast, we have this connection. We understand each other. We know that we're on a similar vibratory level. Um, we we're, we're connected and we're, we're making these connections all over. And one of the things I recently moved out to Tennessee and we've got 80 acres out here and we're growing food and we've got chickens and we're, mm. we're living connected back in. I think a lot of what's going on <clears throat> is taking us out of this manufactured world and connecting us back to nature because we are nature. We're not, <clears throat> we don't go to nature. <clears throat> we as human beings are nature. We are the, we are the same thing. We are nature. And so to connect back to that with the food, with the water, with the animals, with the respect and the the love and the connection that we have to the land and the plants and the, the animals that provide us food. Um, I just kept getting this, this word of community, build community, build community, connect with the people that mm. are the same, build these communities for food, for um, prayer, for meditation, for connection, for understanding, for love, for all these things. And across the pond and in any, anyway, we're, we're all connecting like this right now. And I think it's a very important thing. Yeah. So I definitely feel a call in to build community, uh, just going away for that spiritual weekend with two people, well, three people that you, you, you know, you don't have to explain yourself to. And it's so positive because everything you do is life enhancing and it's reassuring to know that, you know, it's just a great place to be. Joe, really listen, is. I'm acutely aware of the time. Um, yes, sir. What I wanted to say is we haven't touched on your really on your service career or your glowing uh, TV career. My <laughs> gosh, folks, Joel's done it all. You know, if you want to, <laughs> you know, track Polish, Polish commandos <laughs> through hell, Joel's your man. And, and uh, so, what I suggest is I'll put this po- we'll put this podcast out. We'll premiere it. We'll get people to know on my channel who you, who you are and what a great chat we've had. This has been the most productive chat I've had in four years of doing it. You know, I, it. I may have sorry for I may have forgotten one or two people, but you know, to have a veteran that that gets this stuff, it's so powerful, and I think it's what everyone needs to hear. So let's get this one out, and then we can do a part two if that's okay with you. Yes, sir. I'd be very happy to do that. Thank you, Chris. I'm pleasure to come yeah. on. It's always it's always exciting for me to be able to talk to people who really understand this from a spiritual perspective, and not just you know. I, I talk to most people that I interact with these days are awake to some degree, but to I think this global awakening is kind of two parts. One, it's awakening to what the actual situation is in the world. You know, the the, the narrative, the the programming that we've all experienced and who's running these things and, you know, the last three years and all that stuff. That's one half of the awakening. But the other half that's happening right now is awakening to who we really are and what we really are. And we've talked talk a lot about that today. And I love that. And to, but to have someone to connect in a way that understands kind of the entirety of it is always very exciting to me. So thank you very much. No problem. Brother, is there anything you want to um, give a shout out to your, your website? Is that escape and evade? Escape and evade mobile.com. Yes. We have an augmented reality mobile um, tracking game that's in development right now. Um, and we're looking for some beta testers and it's really awesome. And I think we should talk about that um, 
next time. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, if you want to connect with me, I'm Joel5326 on Instagram and on Twitter. And I have a Facebook page as well. I think it's Joel.Lambert5326. Um, and then uh, my my webpage is escapeandevademobile.com. Go there and sign up for updates. We won't spam you, but you can be a beta tester. That just leaves me to say, Joe, stay on the line so I can thank you properly, brother, when I push the record button off. But, right. but it's just been an absolute delight. Thank you so much. Um, Thanks, no, Chris. No, Bye, everybody. We'll no, see you soon. No, nothing less than I'd expect from a Navy SEAL, folks. And uh, to all you gorgeous people at home, thank you so much for watching another episode. If you could please yeah, like and you. subscribe, if you really can help the channel and join our Patreon, it's £1.99 a month, folks. It's, it's not, you know, it's half the price of a cup of coffee, but it just helps us to keep bringing you these enlightening chats. That's it. Much love. See you soon. Friends, thank you for listening to the Bought the T-Shirt podcast. Please like, subscribe and share. And don't forget to follow me on social media. Username, Chris Thrall. Instagram, Chris.Thrall. Thank you.